honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awijan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Nice to be back, that's for sure. I uh, apologize I wasn't on on the usual, like, Friday, Saturday-ish, so wasn't feeling too good, was busy. I'm still not feeling my best, so please bear with me if my voice is a little funky or I have to uh, kind of, like, hit the quote-unquote dumb button to avoid coughing, <laughs> that, that type of thing, to avoid getting coughing on the air, so... I'm better, but it's just that annoying lingering effect, that kind of stuff. Like, uh, so not as bad as poor Hank McCoy there, boy. Yeah, his voice gets affected majorly sometimes with those <laughs> upper respiratory issues, that type of thing. Kind of like uh, Jimmy Butler out there who missed a couple games. I'm not going to review every game in detail. Going to kind of just get us caught up here. Going to talk about the highlights and very low lights of a couple games. It's crazy to imagine with how crappy things were in the two low games that the Wolves turn out. 3-2, and two, and we beat a good team twice, Twice, so we're actually sweeping Oklahoma st- so far, and you can't even get a win against Indiana at home, and then we get slaughtered by Detroit as well, like we always do for some reason in the Palace. It's malice in the Palace, and then a win on the road in Miami, so not too bad. Uh, the Oklahoma game on the road, I thought the Wolves were going to lose that one October 22nd, 2017. The Wolves have a very close battle with Oklahoma back and forth. Very entertaining game. Um, Lots of fun to watch. You saw one lucky shot after another, or you could just say, not really lucky. We'll just say, I, I called it lucky by Carmelo because it's just, I don't know, I'm just not a fan of the guy. <laughs> you saw Jeff Teague, though. This is what you see in all of these games, is you're seeing a completely different Jeff Teague. I, right after I ripped him a good one on the last show, and I didn't rip him that bad, but I was frustrated. I was irritated a little bit. Andrew Wiggins, though, winding up with a beautiful... <laughs> this time, it was at the buzzer in the fourth quarter rather than at the half against Utah. Ends up winning the game for the Wolves. Pretty awesome shot there by Andrew Wiggins at the buzzer. Off the glass, and and I, I suppose he called it. I hope he did, but uh doesn't matter. It went in, and that's what counts a la Malik Seeley years ago. Beautiful off-the-glass shot by Andrew Wiggins, who responded very quickly to Carmelo Anthony. As everybody's, yeah, over there in Oklahoma City, they thought they had the Wolves beat. But they didn't. Um, you're seeing nice ball flow. You're seeing better defense for the most part. I mean, for the most part, you're seeing better defense on occasion. And the next thing you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder are getting down the lane. And you're going to expect that with a talented team like that. Westbrook gets through the lane no matter who's guarding him or how many double teams try to come over or help or whatever it is. Carl uh, Anthony Towns was outstanding throughout the night as well. But again, the highlight of the game, Andrew Wiggins' game-winning shot, of course. But nice to see Jeff Teague becoming more and more of a legitimate floor general out there. And you're seeing the scoring, too. Um, He gets to the free throw line. He made all eight. He had nine assists in the game. Again, the ball flow. And you're seeing a lot of wonderful alley-oops from Jeff Teague. And that's kind of been a factor. This is when you started seeing a lot of that out of him. And just in general, setting people up for three-point shots or down the lane. You know, those quick little cutter plays. And it's nice to see Jeff Teague becoming what I kind of thought he could be. Um, even a better passer, you could argue, than I expected him to be. And it's really exciting to see uh, where Jeff Teague is going. Pardon me if I feel like I'm stumbling on myself here, still not feeling my best. I'm going to merge Indiana and Detroit together. Just wow. Like, really? 
this is this real or is this just a nightmare and we're gonna wake up and yeah the the the, the game never happened yet it's just started you know it's just getting started the game never happened yet it's not real yeah, it's real. The Wolves lose 130 to 107 to Indiana on the 24th of October. Yeah, uh, I, just a nightmare. And oh, it's it's gonna it's Halloween today, by the way. So happy Halloween to everybody. Speaking of nightmares, and that's what this was. It was a Halloween nightmare, pre-Halloween nightmare. Um, what the hell is this? I mean, <laughs> uh, what the hell? Uh, no defense whatsoever. You saw a lack of energy. Andrew Wiggins in both of these games, you could argue, just not up to par in these games. I don't know what, what happened, if he's not feeling well or defenses were keying on him in a nice way. But these were terrible games. Uh, the Pacers looked like a great team. They really did. And they're not a great team. But we made them look that way. Colonel Anthony Towns, good numbers again. Now, Teague did not have a good game against Indiana, per se, at all. And he was benched a bit. So, But he did get seven assists in about 26 minutes. So you, you saw that. Shabazz Muhammad, of course, starting at guard because... Uh, because Jimmy Butler, as mentioned earlier, missed both games against Indiana and Detroit. I'm already trying to clear my throat here, pardon me. So, <laughs> uh, Crawford, Nemanja, Bielitsa, both of 18 off the bench. That's nice, but again, I mean, I don't know, is Jimmy Butler that important that the team dropped off this much? I guess, I mean, and people were joking about that Jimmy Butler's the... Jimmy Butler, MVP of the NBA this year, no doubt about it. Well, I guess. I mean, even Corey Joseph, 21 points off the floor. Corey bleeping Joseph, 5 of 6 from downtown. What? Really? Yeah, and then the Victor, Victor the Victorious, Victor the Indestructible, as they'd say in Secret of Evermore for Super Nintendo. About probably 3% of you know about that game, but I like it, damn it. (laughs) It's an awesome game. Uh, Victor the Indestructible had a huge game, and man, um... Well, he's where he was before. He's where he went to college, Indiana, and good for him. Um, this team is better than we thought, I would have to say. And Darren Collison is just setting plays up over and over and over again. Guys were getting through the lane like it was just like nobody's business because there's zero defense. I mean, 130 points. So Darren Collison had a field day. And this is the Darren Collison you saw with Charlotte before years ago. Was it Charlotte? Excuse me, New Orleans. The New Orleans Hornets, that's who it was. That's where the confusion comes in. The the original Hornets, when they were still called the Hornets in New Orleans, now the Pelicans. Uh, Collison would have huge assist type of games. This was a while ago, back in the kind of earlier days of Timberwolves Explosion, like 2010-ish, 2012, 2011. Um, yeah, 2010. Darren Collison looking like that guy again with Indiana. And you know what? Good on him. Um, this is his second stint with the Pacers, believe it or not, as he went there immediately after he was with the... Uh, New Orleans Hornets slash Pelicans. Let's try to get that together. <laughs> Wrap your head around that one. Um, even Mr. Sabonis, the young Damanta Sabonis, double-double type of performance. Five assists, too, a la his papa there. Mr. Arvidas Sabonis, the guy who could have been a point guard at seven foot three in his days in Europe. By the time he got to U.S., he had slowed down and aged quite a bit. Um, the Wolves even had property on the son of a gun years ago, but unfortunately he wound up with the hated jailblazer, trailblazers. Um... Thad Young looked like he did with the Wolves, only four rebounds. <laughs> oh, man. Mm, Thaddeus Young, man. That guy, you know, he, he sure got better after he left here, didn't he? Mm. There was a Damian Wilkins sighting during garbage time for two minutes, and he got a rebound. Oh, well. Um, Lance Stevenson, the former Wolf, didn't look good either, but whatever. I mean, the defense is what really is what people are talking about here. Sure, Carl put up the numbers, and T got a couple assists. 
Shabazz Muhammad is, I, I, I don't know, I don't see the defense at all, at all, and of course he never really has shown defense, and his IQ out there sometimes just is mind-boggling, and you saw that uh, just last night against the Miami Heat as well, just terrible, low IQ player. Um, you saw some, finally some action out of Aaron Brooks, who also played for the Pacers very recently, and of course has been a Wolves killer in the past. This is the only burn he got the whole season so far, four and a half minutes in the game, so good for him, I guess. Ah, uh, boy, just an overall awful night. And let's move on. Yeah, the, the Detroit game, well, the score was a tiny bit better. But again, you gave up 122 points. You saw almost no energy again defensively. Like nothing. Again, Jimmy Butler's value is good. But Tobias Harris made the Wolves look like idiots. I mean, is is that okay to say? I mean, he was hitting shots from everywhere. He was driving to the basket. He was dunking on us. He, he made us look like idiots. Uh, it's terrible. Um, Reggie Jackson, old Reggie Jackson as Mr. Jeez, I'm looking at something too. And you say, you just can't believe it when you remember it. Oh, like a nightmare. But Reggie Jackson, as Hank McCoy would say, 13 assists for Ish Smith on the, <laughs> off the bench. When's the last time you saw that? Ish Smith. And he's the guy who torched us a couple years ago with the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. I mean... <laughs> Okay, yes, Ish Smith is a is a he's a valuable player, but damn, I mean, what an awful game! What a what a what a bleep load of bleep! What a what a shitload of bleep! Unbelievable. Um, Andrew Wiggins managed to get to twenty one points in the game. He shot well, but the defense wasn't good from anybody. Carl Anthony Towns' defense just non existent. Jeff Teague kind of back in the mix again, making shots and all that. Less assists in the game with six, but. I don't know. It's just overall, it's like when you when you see lackadaisical defense like this, you, you just feel like you don't even, you know, like nobody deserves playing time. I mean, Jamal Crawford couldn't hit a shot either in this game. 3 of 12, very frustrating. Um, Aaron Brooks, I, I'm wrong. He played two minutes in the game. Big deal. You, it's like very forgettable. Same with Cole Aldrich. It was like at the very end. Um, George, <laughs> Marcus George's hunt also got for his first two minutes of the season. Just garbage time at the end of the game. I don't know. I mean, it's just, why does the team have to drop off this much with Jimmy Butler on the bench or out out with sickness, that type of thing? It's strange. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And Tobias Harris had a huge field day throughout the night, and it was uh, disgusting to watch. (sighs) Hmm. Luckily, the Wolves would wind up with a winning record, though, in the next two games. Thank God. They'd go from 2-3 and three to 4-3. and three. Pretty cool. Oklahoma City at home. A fun back-and-forth type of game. Looked like Oklahoma was going to pull away in this one for the longest period of time. And then Towns basically got mad, and he started playing some defense, and you saw him blocking Russell Westbrook. You saw him helping out on defense and getting, you know, he wound up with four blocks in the game. He started getting aggressive, rebounding the crap out of the ball like he did when he was a power forward at times with uh, Pekovic at center. That was fun to watch. And it was a hell of a game for Carl uh, Anthony Towns, 33-19. and 19. Aggressive from the get-go. Not going to say no in this one. Jeff Teague with his first double-double as a Wolf. Ten assists in the game. He did get a little sloppy with the ball at times, kind of making ill-advised passes, and and the passing lanes were getting taken away by the Westbrooks and others, which drove us a little crazy at times, but whatever. As long as he he wound up with a a solid game for the most part. The free-throw shooting in this game was maddening at times, but I don't know what's up with Andrew Wiggins. He just can't make a free-throw. I mean, really? One of three? It's... Another not-so-good game for him. 
But, you know, I mean, it's going to happen. People aren't going to have good games, particularly early in the season, and you're going to hope for the best from Andrew Wiggins as the season progresses. And you saw a much better game last night against Miami. I mean, that's the Andrew Wiggins you loved, you just loved so much when he was attacking the basket. We'll talk about that in a minute. Butler definitely better in this one. He was a factor in the Oklahoma game defensively. His offense was kind of meh, but um, against the Oklahoma City Thunder, just uh, you know, just you saw a nice return from him in in in, in this one. Ultimately, seven assists, setting up players along the way. Carl Anthony Towns most of the time, twenty five points in the game overall. Just aggressive, and it, it was a fun game to watch. To be quite honest, and the Wolves pull away. Thank God in this one. Russell Westbrook was given a, a shot at the buzzer there, and he couldn't hit it. So luckily, the Oklahoma City Thunder un- unable to tie the game up, and the Wolves escape. Oh, it was a scary one at times. Of course, I mean, obviously, when you get those turnovers in the passing lanes, and then you see uh, fast breaks, and that's why the Oklahoma City Thunder were able to get 116 points in the game, because it seems like, I don't know, I mean, the Wolves still really struggling against guys taking the ball to the basket. They just You're not getting enough help, but at times you did get some from Carl Anthony Towns, and that was the key in this game. So now we go to the Miami Heat game. A Well, a very high-scoring game on the road that, did, that ultimately did have to go to overtime because of a feeble attempt at the end. I don't know what kind of play call it was. I mean... I don't know, or, or it was just like a check down type of play from Jeff Teague inbounding the pass to Carl Anthony Towns covered on the corner. Like, what are you doing? Why is Carl Anthony Towns way out in the corner and going to attempt a three with a guy in his face? I don't know. And that's kind of what that was. But overall, a fun game for the most part. Um, the first quarter, first quarter and a half was terrible. You saw some really bad defense, some stupid shot selection. Oh, Shabazz Muhammad is hard to watch sometimes, and when he got those minutes earlier in the game, it was like, what the hell is this crap? I mean, it was ugly, man. <laughs> and you didn't even have Mr. Uh, Mr. Asa, Hassan Whiteside out there, so you figure you're going to have a good you're going to have a good chance to drive to the basket in this one because that guy's the shot blocking force, rebounding force, the Miami Heat so <laughs> desperately missed in this game. So let's. Take it to the basket. Let's take advantage of that. The Wolves eventually started doing that, going in that direction. But early on, when we did, it's like you're still missing. You're putting up stupid-looking shots. And it was a terrible game. I was getting really frustrated posting on game threads on the Flips Army, going like, this is bleeping horrible. I was putting like a New York accent in it, because it was. Um, But things would start to change. Jeff Teague would start to kind of take control, particularly late in the game. Uh, Andrew Wiggins had an awesome awesome play to the basket, uh, just <laughs> just attacked the basket, got to be one of the five plays of the year for the Wolves, I think, and easily a play of the week in the NBA, at least a play of, of, of the week for sure, like a top five, but one of the top five of the year, I think, for the Wolves at the end of the day. I mean, you're going to see this one on commercials and stuff like that for years to come, the way Wiggins just kind of, he just took off a little bit, like a, a couple feet in front of the free throw line and just hammered that thing in. And he had this intensity in his face, and that was the Andrew Wiggins we love oh so much. Uh, the Wolves were maintaining a six, seven, eight point, or a, a five to seven point lead late in the game, and they just kind of let it slip away, and the Heat were able to tie it up. That's where the frustration came in. Wiggins' dunk, of course, was actually pretty late in the game, but I mean, he had so much lift, and it was an awesome moment, putting the Wolves up by four, and it was just. 
that was one of the most exciting <laughs> one of the most exciting dunks of the year. In fact, for me, it was the best dunk of the year for the Wolves to this point. Which again, you reserve the right because it's still October for something to something even better to happen down the stretch. Carl Anthony Towns did hit a three in overtime, but he you know, he obviously didn't make it in the <laughs> before overtime <laughs> because again, like I said, he was covered. Just like he was come, basically pinned against the uh, pinned against the out of bounds line, so there's really nothing you could do with that. Nice to see a little more energy out of Wiggins, but he did not shoot well in the game. Really, nobody shot particularly well except for Taj Gibson, I guess. But that's because he's close to the basket. Actually, Towns did. Pardon me. Went up with 20 points and only 11 overall shots. That's what's pretty impressive because he made three three pointers. Did Carl Anthony Towns? He blocked three shots again in the game. The defense not as good in this game, but still, Carl starting to block shots. And that's the guy a lot of us hoped we were getting coming into the draft. And that's the hopeful part here, that Carl will be more aggressive defensively. You're going to see the shot blocks come up. And that is, oh my God, that will be paramount for the future of this franchise. Because obviously the big question, the big complaint so far in the, Carl, in the uh, well, Carl Anthony Towns slash Tom Thibodeau era is, well, we thought we were going to get defense and we're getting hardly any you're seeing some. You're seeing help defense, and that's nice. Uh, the points are still very high. That's the one thing. But, hey, you know, at least at least he's starting to block shots like we thought we were going to get coming into the draft. And that's the good part, I would have to say. Jeff Teague really, really, really shined in this game, particularly late, hitting some threes, setting people up, 11 assists, 23 points. And you're even already getting people on Flips Army and other message boards saying that Teague is better than Rubio. And thank you. It's, it's nice to see that. I'm happy. So people are starting to get over Rubio a little bit, at least some of them out there. You don't have to, you know, it's not bashing Rubio to say Jeff Teague just maybe, just maybe might be a better point guard than Rubio, or at least equal, equal to, you know, where a lot of people were complaining about how, well, Rubio's passing is better than anybody else, period. And that Jeff Teague doesn't really bring a whole lot of that. He's more of a slasher who will get assists here and there, but nothing spectacular. Well, Jeff Teague is showing signs of that. He's really setting players up. That quick little swing pass, and of course the alley oops, and uh, you know those 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 slanted pa- those slants down into the lane to the to the cutters. Those are nice. Uh, Eleven assists in this one. He got six steals down the stretch. Just awesome. I mean, Jeff Teague had been getting steals, but not like this. Uh, it was just an awesome game for him. Helped the Wolves really build a lead later in the game and ultimately finish this thing off in the overtime period. Thank God the Wolves end up winning 125-122 to 122 as the Heat were constantly coming back, hitting threes or scaring us down the stretch. Big escape. That Deion Waiters, sheesh. I mean, Deion Waiters kind of left for dead years ago at Cleveland. A lot of us didn't like him very much. It's a stupid shot selection. You know, low IQ basketball, what got traded to the Thunder. I mean, he was one of eight from three-point range, so a little Rashad McCants from him, but overall, a huge game for Deion Waiters. He gave us headaches, along with Kelly bleeping Olenek. Really, man? I mean, he was making everything. He was 9 of 12 from the floor, 23 points off the bench for Kelly Olenek. I mean, what the heck? That was bad. I mean, and Justin Winslow, you didn't see the best defense on him either, as he was able to just he was able to just get those passes, those dishes to the basket, and dunk on us over and over again. Ugh, and that was frustrating. You saw a little Wayne Ellington signing for a couple seconds, but that's about it. Mm. <laughs> oh boy, Deion Waiters though just torched the Wolves all night. Deion Waiters and Kelly Olynyk were the guys making things scary for us, particularly well. The whole game. I want to say early, but no, it was the whole game. It was consistently uh, the entire night. Luckily, again, um, 
<laughs> Jeff Teague able to set up Jimmy Butler late in that overtime period to wrap things up, and that was a wonderful feeling, I gotta say. So the Wolves escaped with this one in Miami. A nice finish despite Deion Waiters with a massive heat check out there. 33 points, and freaking Kelly Olenek. Ah, oh, where did this come from? Kelly Olenek. It's like he's he's like Kevin Love out there hitting threes when he was with the Wolves in the past. Not so much with Cleveland. Uh, but nice. Jeff Teague, thank you very much for a nice resurgence during this week. Um, not a very good game in Detroit, but still an overall fun, fun week for Jeff Teague. And a nice, uh, you know, a, a, a very encouraging signs from Jeff Teague during the course of this week for a lot of us who were a bit down on him starting things out. Not surprising that he would struggle at the very beginning, though, especially a point guard with a completely different team, completely different offense, all that, and several other players that were, you know, that were new to this team that were also not used to the system and all that. So it's a combination for Jeff Teague, and he's learning on the fly, and he's showing some great signs already. So nice to see that already showing signs of adjusting and seeing the weapons he has because Jeff Teague has never had a team like this. Never. Um, he's had some decent teams with Atlanta, okay teams with Indiana, but not a, not an overall club like this where you have Wiggins, Butler, Towns. I mean, that's awesome. And even setting up Jamal Crawford on occasion from downtown or whatever it is, slashing to the basket. Um, really encouraging, though, to see this uh, take place. And you're seeing Jeff Teague taking advantage of the athletes around him, which is what a good point guard does. That's what a lot of us were hoping we were getting with Rubio, and we did get it in the second half of last season. And you're already starting to see major signs of it with Jeff Teague, a guy who's definitely better offensively than Ricky Rubio. So, awesome. Awesome. The Alpha Wolf of the Week is last week's Johnny Flynn Memorial. That's Jeff Teague. He was very valuable. Um, honorable mention to Jimmy Butler because just his return to the Wolves after such abysmal performances with Butler on the, uh, you know, on the, on the sick bed or whatever you want to say, it shows how valuable Jimmy Butler is. But it's like, I, I don't know, it's kind of on the guys a little bit there. I mean, you can't beat Indiana or Detroit. I mean, you, you should be able to be one of them. And they didn't even come close to beating them. That was ridiculous. Um... So definitely an honorable mention for Jimmy Butler. But Jeff Teague, I think he he really helped this team down the stretch. Of course, Carl Anthony Towns should be an honorable mention as well. But his defense was so awful in, India, in the Indiana and uh, Detroit games that I cannot give it to him. Jeff Teague is your Alpha Wolf Award winner. The Johnny Flynn Memorial is going to go to Shabazz Muhammad. I didn't like what I saw this whole week from him. I mean, low IQ, poor shot selection, turning the ball over. No defense at all, and I'm sorry, I have to give it to him. And, you know, he reserves the right to improve, just like Jeff Teague did. It didn't take long for Jeff Teague to improve, did it? So, watch, Shabazz Muhammad's going to get 20 points off the bench coming up very soon. So, there it is. We'll be back right after this. We're going to preview three games. Obviously, I'm in the, uh, I'm getting into the cleanup schedule now. That's why, that's another reason why I'm recording on a funny day here. Uh, I used to record on Tuesdays way back in the day, way back. I, I don't even remember, like 2009, 10, maybe 12, 11 sometimes, sometimes around those years. Kind of weird days. Of course, during the Marcus the Forecaster era, it was God knows. I mean, you never knew when we were going to record with Marcus the Forecaster. <laughs> it was just random with that guy, and that's what made things so difficult sometimes. God bless him, though. Love him to death. Um, but yeah, I'm going to preview three games, and hopefully sometime... I don't know. I, I don't think I'll record. I might record on Sunday. Maybe. Uh, it, it depends. Brave the Wild's got to get done, too, very soon. No Purple Mafia this weekend because they're on the bye, so that's the good part. <laughs> so it gives me more time to do this show and Brave the Wild. So, yeah, that's kind of the situation. It's the cleanup time, and then we'll get more on a consistent schedule uh, 
circa around Thanksgiving or so, circa, but yeah, like like around Thanksgiving or so, then the regular scheduling can kind of t- uh, kick in again, which will be uh, a, a lot easier for me, I gotta think, even though I don't mind random, it, it's okay, so it is what it is though, we'll be back right after this. Like it or not, what's the magic ingredient to success? Defense, my friends. Defense! And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number two. The preview segment, again, like I said before, we're going to preview three games. New Orleans, Dallas, and the Charlotte Hornets. So we're going to play the Hornets twice, kind of. Okay, you get the idea. The New Orleans Pelicans. Oh, goody, that's just like, no, the Wolves never beat these guys. I I don't know why, so I'm not going to pick them to. Uh, Well, okay, I kind of know why. It's a tough matchup. Um, New Orleans is 3-4 and in the season. The Wolves are 4-3. and This game is scheduled for November 1st. That's Wednesday, Wednesday coming up. So November is just getting started here. DeMarcus Cousins leading the way, almost twenty, almost thirty points a game so far. Anthony Davis twenty-seven point seven. These are these are where you'd like to see Carl Anthony Towns get at some point. Drew Holiday, he's finally healthy and he got a nice payday in the offseason. Some people questioned it because he's so oft injured and how how good is he and all that good stuff. His stats not spectacular, but he's a dangerous guy. He can he can he's multifaceted. He can rebound. He, he can play good defense. He can get steals. He gets assists, but not at the level you'd like all the time. And maybe it doesn't matter so much. Jordan Crawford's on the roster. That's a name you haven't seen in quite a while. He's averaging nine points in two games so far off the bench. Dante Cunningham re-signed with them, much to our chagrin in the offseason. A lot of us would have liked to have him back here in the Twin Cities. Valuable off-the-bench guy, and he's killed us many times, hitting three-pointers, if you could believe that. How weird is that? Uh, but mm, and Jen Jameer Nelson, the old the old Orlando Magic, who's been all over the league now uh, since then. Tony Allen went there in the offseason. Another guy the Wolves hope to have gotten Cunningham and Tony Allen. Both of them went up in <laughs> New Orleans to our chagrin. But bottom line, it's a bad matchup. The Wolves seem to never play well against Demarcus Cousins or Anthony Davis. Especially Anthony Davis. Oh, just tortures us every freaking time. It'd be nice to see Carl Anthony Towns win that matchup. He's actually done well against Anthony Davis. But then it seems like everyone else struggles. And then the, the, the freaking Pelicans wind up with like 125 and we get like 100. It's just weird and it's terrible and it's frustrating. And you hope the Wolves can escape that type of nonsense happening. DeMarcus Cousins went into Sacramento on October the 26th and ended up getting a win recently. So hmm, good for him, I guess. They actually beat the Cavaliers just a couple nights ago. How crazy is that? And then they lose to the Magic. You beat the Cavs and lose to the Magic. Right. Okay, well, <laughs> that's kind of busy what that is. I'm going to pick a Wolves loss, and I, I don't want to, but this matchup, I mean, let, let's just be fair here. The matchup is not good. Wolves lose uh, this one 115 to one to 115 to 105. I, I'm going to say the Wolves actually stay in this one for the, for the most part, but end up the, the Pelicans end up pulling away. I keep wanting to call them the Hornets, which is annoying as heck, because we are going to play the Hornets, the, the, the new Hornets, the Bobcat Hornets, very soon. Um, but obviously the keys, the two big men, the Twin Towers, whatever you want to call them. I mean, I don't know. The hope is Todd Gibson can help out here, and he's going to need to. Um, Carl's going to be on one, and Todd is going to be on the other. Gorgie, you need some help from Gorgie as well off the bench. 
huge keys in this one. I mean, hopefully Jeff T can keep up what he's been doing, setting guys up, getting guys past these big men into the into the basket, alley ooped, or you know, just into just getting getting threading the needle through that passing lane to cutters to the basket, stuff like that. Andrew Wiggins, uh, Andrew Wiggins is always a key. Obviously, Carl, I expect him to probably lead the Wolves in scoring in this one because it's going to be a mano a mano with Anthony Davis, the future the future of Carl Anthony Towns more than likely, especially if he can start block or continue blocking shots. Pardon me. He has started, just needs to continue. Um, but boy, <laughs> it's not going to be easy. I'm scared to death of this one. Um, Anthony Davis has missed one game, so we'll see what happens, but uh, we'll see. Uh, Josh Smith is still alive. He's way at the end of the bench. That's an interesting one too right there. Wow, all these familiar names from a while ago. Hmm. Well, the Wolves will lose this one, 115-110. Bad matchup. Anthony Davis tends to torch us. Hopefully the Wolves can overcome it this time once and for all. Minnesota hosts the Dallas Mavericks on Saturday the 4th of November. Saturday the 4th of November, a very winnable matchup, I gotta think, for the Wolves. 38-year-old Dirk Nowitzki. Um, this is a, you know, it's not a must win, but it's a, it's a game you should win. Dirk, Dirk, Dirk. Where are you, Dirk? Where's Dirk? Is he's not available right now, unfortunately. No, no, no. There he is. I'm going crazy. No, he's available. I'm just BSing. Uh, Devin Harris. See, that's another one. You get names that have been around forever, and it's like, wow, he still he still plays. Yeah, Devin Harris does still play, but in a limited role for the Dallas Mavericks. Dirk Nowitzki definitely limited, down to only 11 points a game in 20, 26 minutes or so. Harrison Barnes has been leading that team in scoring the last couple of years. J.J. Barea is second in, on the team in scoring. Ugh, that can't be a very good team. Mm. Ooh, boy, that scares me. Uh, the Mavericks are 1-7. and seven. To me, there's no excuse. This is a, it's not, you know, you can't call it a must win. It's too early for that. But obviously, this is a, and you know, it, it's a you better win. It's a you better win type of game. Nerlens Noel, who's an oft-injured, very athletic, talented, young, big man there. It's very skinny big man. He's in a limited role with the Mavericks. I think his role should increase, but I don't know. Maybe it's just it is what it is there. They don't want him to get hurt again, that type of situation. Wesley Matthews used to always torch the Wolves from downtown, and this that, that's the strength of the Dallas Mavericks is a three-point shot. I mean, that's a given. Mm. I mean, Berea's shooting 45% from three-point range. I can't even believe that. That's insane. <laughs> wow, Wesley Matthews, 46%. Yogi Ferrell, who the heck is that, right? No, I'm kidding. 47%. Dirk Nowitzki still at 45%. These guys make threes like no tomorrow, but that's about all they're capable of at this point is making a couple threes. And I don't know, their defense is not real good. They're overall, yeah, I mean, they're just overall not that many, just not that much left there in Dallas at this point in time. Not that many very good players or aging players, this and that. They're all guys that are past their prime. At least a big chunk of them are. Wesley Matthews past his prime. Uh, Harrison Barnes is in his prime, but he's not that good. He's he's more of like a, a piece. He's he's not a star of a team. J.J. Barea, if he's second on your team in scoring, can't imagine the IQ of the team is really high. <laughs> oh, Dennis Smith, the rising rookie there. A lot of people like him, but, eh, you know, he's just getting started. He's nothing special yet. You see little signs here and there, but the Wolves absolutely need to win this game. Final score for me, Wolves, 110, Dallas, uh, Dallas, 100. The Wolves win by 10 over the Dallas Mavericks. I'm going to say 95. Wolves win by 15 over the Mavericks. They should be able to toast through this club. Um, star player of this game. I mean, I, I expect Andrew Wiggins to have a huge game in this one. I mean, Jeff Teague obviously continue, hopefully a double-double threat out there. 
Teague should have, Teague should not have a whole lot of problem with this backcourt of Dallas. I mean, that's the other thing. Their defense is not that great. I mean, Matthews is, sure, but if Beret is on him, that shouldn't be a huge problem for Jeff Teague. He should be able to shoot right over him. Um, Teague, I think, will have a big game, but Wiggins, I think, is going to be in a lot of ways. I, I, I see him having a solid game out there. Of course, Matthews' defense is good. That's the one fear. Ah, you know... All kinds of possibilities in this game. I mean, Carl could go off for 30. That's the thing about this Wolves team. There's so many pieces now that somebody is going to go off every night. It's just, will it be enough? That's the hope. And against Dallas, it should be. Um, I, uh, I, I'm just, I just keep seeing Wiggins having a really good game against the Dallas Mavericks. I think he's going to get upper 20s uh, in this one. He'll, it'll be a nice matchup with uh, Wesley Matthews. You'll see uh, aggressive Ender Wiggins in this game. At least I would certainly hope so. After he probably won't have the best game against New Orleans, that's going to be more about Carl in 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 that game. In my humble opinion, Charlotte Hornets back to back Saturday Sunday. These are both home games. That's kind of weird. Back to back home games. That doesn't happen very often, does it? Huh. Weird. Back to back home games. Huh. Charlotte Hornets come to town. The Charlotte Hornets come to town. Vikings on the bye week, so no competition there for the Wolves. Luckily, the Hornets are. A team that's all over the place. You don't know really what to expect from this club. Um, they're 4-3, and three, though, and Dwight Howard's doing okay so far, averaging 15 rebounds a game. Kemba Walker is a Wolves killer. I mean, he has slaughtered the Wolves forever, and God, my God Almighty, he's playing like an absolute superstar so far in the first seven games, and he's been a rising star over there in the Eastern Conference. I like Kemba Walker a lot. <laughs> I really do. Uh, he's averaging about 25, 24 points a game right now. Not so high in the assists, but that's because he's more of a scorer, to be quite honest, with the uh, New Orleans Hornets. Ah, see, there there it is, the Charlotte Hornets. We can finally say Charlotte Hornets again like we used to long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, Michael Jordan's favorite guy, Cody Zeller, is averaging almost two blocks a game along with Dwight Howard. Really, to me, though, the straw that stirs the drink, it's Kemba Walker, 100%. Jeremy Lamb continues to, to jump up. The former uh, Oklahoma City Thunder player who was, you know, he didn't get the playing time there that he would have liked. Marvin Williams is still alive, playing a role off the bench. He's okay. <laughs> Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, you know, yeah, I don't know. Mm, not going so well for him so far. Frank Kaminsky, the bleep, that bleeper guy. You know, that, uh, yeah. <laughs> what was that guy's name? Harrison from Kentucky a couple of years back. Yeah, I don't know. Dwight Howard's off to a good start so far, averaging about 14 and 15. 14 points, 15 rebounds a game, and he's averaging about two blocks. He's doing okay, and usually things start out well for Dwight Howard, and within a year or two, they can't wait to trade him away because he can't wait to leave, and, and it's just what it is. I mean, Dwight Howard might wind up with the Wolves one day, and we'll trade him in like two weeks, so... That's probably what's going to happen. Kemba Walker, I've always I always loved that guy. He is a Wolves killer. I, boy, and it's a back-to-back situation. It's going to be a tough one. I'm in good faith. I'm going to pick a Wolves win, but it's going to be like down to the wire. We're talking like 105-104 type of game. 105-104. Um, boy, it's going to be fun to see Carl Anthony Towns against Dwight Howard. It'll be an interesting matchup. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm just seeing Jimmy Butler having a breakout game here, and that'll be one of the reasons the Wolves win. Jimmy Butler, about 30 points in this game. I think he will be a huge key. Big defensive plays down the stretch, setting up other guys. Wiggins is going to get about 25 in this one. I see Carl around 20-ish. I think Wiggins is going to get mid-20s, and Butler will get in the upper 
Uh, Butler will be in the upper 20s to low 30s. Jeff Teague is going to have a hard time with Kimba Walker, I think. It's that's going to be an interesting matchup, i got to say. And if Teague can match mano a mano with Walker, Wolves are in great shape. But I, I don't know. Um, as long as it doesn't get too selfish out there, they're kind of going back and forth with each other. They've, they've been minor rivals there in the Eastern Conference. For me, it's Butler in this game. I mean, Butler's got to have that big game and take advantage of a not-so-good uh, swingman situation there in Charlotte. I mean, it's not bad, but it's nothing special. Butler should stand out in this one, I think, more than Wiggins and Towns in this game. Butler's going to get in the upper 30s, and the Wolves will win 105-104. It'll be down the stretch. Not sure who's going to hit the game-winning shot or what the heck's going to happen. Maybe Jeff Teague making some free throws. I don't know. Um, just <laughs> driving to the basket or Wigan. No, I don't know. Um, probably a close close play to the basket with Carl Anthony Towns, actually. That's what I'm thinking. It's going to be something like that where Towns will get his 20th point. That'll be the final basket of the, of the game. 19th and 20th point there. Something like that. But the Wolves will inch one out against the uh, Charlotte Bobcats. I think Kemba Walker's going to get upper 20s. But Butler will be the hero at the end of the day. He'll be the top player for the Wolves. And he's going to get something like 30 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, something like that. And be just a factor for the Wolves down the stretch. Keeping the Wolves in the game. And at the end of the day, the Wolves win with Jimmy Butler leading the way against the Charlotte Hornets. So we could call them that again. <laughs> Both clubs 4-3 and three at this point. So that will put the Wolves at 6-4. and four. Not bad. And we'll just kind of go from there. Hope for the best. Hopefully I'm right about the Charlotte game. It's always a tough matchup. Obviously the New Orleans Pelicans are a really tough matchup. The Wolves win that one. Wow, that'd be great. Because Dallas game, that's got to be a win. That's It's got to be a win. You have to win that game. That'd be ridiculous to lose. So we'll stop here, come back, and talk to you guys out there in Australia very soon. <laughs> out there in Australia and locally if there's some right here in the third segment. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, the third and final segment, Fan Interaction. Time to hear from you guys out there in New Zealand, Australia, and the United States. Thank you very much. I want to thank Levi and Tanae Brown there in New Zealand for retweeting the show. Vince Germano of the Courtside Podcast also for retweeting the recent episode of Timberwolves Explosion. Thank you guys very much. Slow burn, episode 206. <laughs> Thanks again, guys. Um... So, to get to the Twitter account, it is at Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion. Let's get rolling. 10A Wilson Brown out of New Zealand says, My takeaway from tonight, this would be, what game was this? Uh, I think this might have been, see, it was about a week ago. So, man. Yeah, this is definitely the uh, Indiana game. Because, yeah, he was saying on Butler was out. Okay, so let's get to what he said. My takeaway from tonight, Wolves crowds are way too quiet. Make some noise or something. Cheering solo didn't work. Was really quiet on the floor, like even in high school ball in New Zealand. We talk more defensively than the Wolves did tonight. Missed Butler a lot. Yeah, that's that stupid Indiana game. Yep, it, it, it is. And, boy, you you were there, weren't you, Tanae? Ooh, that must have been tough. Yeah, because Tanae was visiting the U.S. during that time. And, man, a oh man, a oh man. I can't wait to see you, Tanae. That's my bad there. Oh, yep. Um, Obviously, my schedule is kind of set already. So, again, like I always say, like a little notice ahead of time. 
<laughs> yep, a spur of the moment thing. No pun intended there, because we hate the Spurs, don't we? And I tweeted one thirty points, really, uh, one hundred and thirty points, really. And today, like that one, yeah, because it's BS. And he says, embarrassing to say the least. Need to move on from this one. And yep, they needed to move on. They didn't right away, but eventually they did against the. Oklahoma City Thunder, and yeah, that was a BS game, and yeah, I remember back when I was a ticket holder, it seems like, especially in the upper deck, it's like the fans just kind of, they just get zombie-like sometimes, especially when the team isn't playing good, sometimes it's like, okay, wake up guys, you know, the fans need to wake up the players sometimes, I don't know, but if the players aren't going to play well, sometimes they're just not, and that's the annoying thing. Yep, and today says a, a gem here. What an odd week for the Wolves, and for damn straight it was, because it's like you suck so bad, and then you do so well and suck bad, and so well and suck bad, and then it's just polar Wolves. Like last night against Miami, that was a polar game. You sucked at the beginning and finished it pretty nicely, to be honest. Certainly not perfect, though. Mac, M-A-C, says, I'm going to set aside the games without Butler. We're 4-2 and two or 5-1, and one. If, he's, if he's not sick, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. However, they were horrible without Butler, which is worrisome. And I was saying it's absolutely worrisome. It scares the crap out of me. You say it's back. Uh, I was tweeting earlier that good slash great teams always seem to have a meaningless, uh, a meanness or anger. Yep. We don't seem to have that yet. Season is young. And yeah, I've never seen it really. I've never really seen a meanness or anger. I remember Terrell Brandon was the ultimate, like, ugh, like, come on, man. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, Wiggins, people question that. It's not you compassion to come question Andrew Wiggins' competitiveness. Sometimes I talk too fast. <laughs> it's not like we're questioning his competitiveness. It's just like, it's strange though. Sometimes he's a little too calm, maybe. Um, it's good to be calm because you're less likely to make mistakes, necessarily. Like, if you're not overzealous, like me talking too fast there. <laughs> but it's about, you know, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes you want to see that fierceness. And you did see that from Wiggins against Miami last night, which was very cool late in that, with about 30 seconds remaining, that huge, huge dunk highlight play of the year, top five play of the year for the Wolves, like a, almost a Jordan-esque type of dunk, I mean, it was that good, it really was, so check that out, NBA, whatever, it'll definitely, if you have the NBA app, you'll definitely see it in the highlights, it is insane, um, after the release of the last show, as we get into Facebook now, first we'll give a shout out to uh, Flips Army on Facebook, check that out, Flips Army, Trevor Wickerin, kind enough to allow me to post links to Timberwolves Explosion on his page. He uh, ultimately says, or I mean, excuse me, his page is everything about the Wolves. In-game threads, uh, during the week news, team news, whatever it is. And as long as people don't post about the Warriors or other teams like that, I'm happy. Just stick to Wolves, people. And that's definitely not Trevor Wickerin's fault. It is some of the others out there that are just random posters. Nicholas Simon out of Australia says, Oh, yeah, we'll peep this soon. And I see up checking out my show. Thank you very much. That is uh, facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. So Timberwolves Explosion does fit on Facebook. Twitter is always all about shrinking things down, aren't they? Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. All this information will be in the show description. Nicholas Simon, happy to see the newest show there. I posted about the top five worst trades in Minnesota Timberwolves history. You could go on and on with that. Of course, the Foy, Roy, and all that. And, uh, well, then again, that one, not so much anymore. Uh, it was the Ray Allen situation. A lot of people wanted to see Ray Allen on the Wolves one day. and I don't know. Um, oh, yeah, the Ty, Ty Lawson was a bad one. Yep, you traded Ty Lawson for... Pretty much nothing, right? And you ended up keeping Brandon. Uh, you ended up keeping Johnny Flynn, Brandon Roy for Foy. Yep, Chandler Parsons. That was in, a, of course, Mister uh, 
Hank McCoy, not a big fan of Chandler Parsons. The Sam Castell trade, that whole stupid protected pick and all that, and that expensive contract with that idiot uh, Marco Yarich. And, of course, the Ray Allen trade. As good as Marbury was the f- first couple of years he was here, before he, like, did what he did. When you look at Ray Allen, what a career that could have been. What a run the Wolves could have had with Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett. And if maybe Gom Gugliotta wouldn't have left. Think about that, because Gugliotta left because Marbury was a... You know what? A POS. <laughs> he was just an absolute jackass. And nobody liked the guy. I mean, you know, it, anybody that met Stefan Marbury in person, like, you know, just out in regular life, civilian life, they hated him. He was a jerk. Absolute arrogant mother, you know, fill in the blank. Everybody hated that guy. Hated him. And I, I and I was like, wow, this guy must be bad. Because that was back when he was here, when he was popular. Yeah. They're like, he was the most arrogant jerk I ever met in my life. So, Yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's get to visitor posts. You're going to hear a lot from Wayne Hunt, Wayno, or Hank McCoy from the Courtside Podcast. Going to give a quick shout, quick shout out to the Courtside Podcast: Hank McCoy, <clears throat> Wayne Hunt, Vince Germano, and Stu Benson, the richest man in Australia. <laughs> the best basketball show there is. It, it is. Um, I love it very much. Out of Australia, of course. They're from different parts of Australia. Uh, Hank is from Hank slash Wayne is from Sydney. Mr. Vinrock is from Melbourne, and I think Stu is from Melbourne as well. Oh, I should have checked, but I'll look it up in a second here. Um, But Hank says, great win today. I keep calling him Hank, but it's Wayne. (laughs) Great win today against Utah. Rubio was playing with a real chip on his shoulder. Yeah, that was in the... Oh, I already read that one. Yep, I already read that one. So that was on last week's show. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Um, He says, that OKC game. Wow. Okay, a few things. Loved the rotations from Dibs. I thought the scoring was pretty well balanced with the starters. Also heard Jimmy say he's still figuring out out his place in the offense. Yeah, so people that were kind of disappointed that uh, Butler's deferring to Wiggins a little bit and that he's not happy. I don't buy that he's not happy. I don't buy that. I, I think he's adjusting to the team. That's what he's doing. And I think he's seeing opportunities for Wiggins to do well, and he's setting him up. And if you can set up the team and help us win, that's more important than just getting your points. So I, I, I don't buy that we, that Butler is not happy from somebody out there. That's a strange one. Um, and that's from somebody that I respect his basketball acumen, but not that comment. Uh, not that take very much. <laughs> okay, and that's not you, Wayne, Wayne, at all. No, but somebody locally here. Good, good person, though, actually, out there. One of the few... Let's get back to what Hank says. Let's start from the also. Also heard Jimmy say he's still figuring out his place in the offense, so more to come from him in the future. Exactly. See? More to come from him in the future. See? So, see, Hank is... (laughs) See, I'm saying Hank is... Hank's take greater than the other guy's take. See? So, Hank, I'm on your side there. He says, that screen from Towns at the end. I'm not even sure it was that illegal. Yeah, yep, the illegal. Yep. He says, looked more like... He took a massive hit and hunched his body in reaction. Great shot by Wiggins. Yep, the clutch one. Loving his aggressiveness this early in the season. Got that contract extension. extension. Time to live up to the hype. So that's the point of the NBA. Coming out after the fact and telling everyone they missed calls. Yeah, it's always like that. So what's the point? Sorry. Yeah, it's annoying, isn't it? He said, we have talked about this on the Courtside Podcast before. There's no place for it where, oh, we were wrong yesterday. Well, if you're wrong then, correct it then if you're so wrong. Yeah, seriously. Or don't do it, right? And yep, here's Hank. He says, one, it undermines the officials. Two, does no service to either the winning team or losing team. See? Because what's done is done, right? Only once, like in baseball, when they took the infamous uh, slash famous uh, corked bat. No, 
tar, pine tar bat from George Brett. We're talking 1983 here. Uh, they took a home run away from him that cost the Royals the game. They would have won the game or took the lead in the bottom of the ninth, what it was. or No, not bottom of the top of the ninth on the road. And they actually gave him the home run back months later, and they finished the game. How weird is that? That was weird, though. That's 1983 in baseball. So once in a blue moon, <laughs> at least in that case, they actually did finish the game. That's weird. So let's go back. Uh, number three, nothing changes. A win is still a win. <laughs> I'm getting distracted. Sorry, Hank. But yeah, these are good takes. That's why it gets me going. Number four, can't we just get past it and realize as much money and microscope there is in today's sport that it's still just a game at the end of the day and sometimes a few missed calls are just the way it bo- the ball bounces. Pardon the pun. Thoughts? Yeah. You know, I can't disagree with anything you said there at all. Um, And yeah, I, I usually save this for the show, which I think he knows. That's usually why I don't comment. And But people are welcome to comment on there too. Sometimes I do comment. And, of course, other people comment as well to get things going. And, yeah, it's good that people comment. Usually I save it. Sometimes I do anyway, but you get the point there. Um, yeah, I mean, I it does no good. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree. And I've been kind of giving my thoughts as you post them right there, too, as I read them back to the to the audience here. Uh, it's kind of a back and forth thing there. Um, crazy. Let's get to his next one. He says, just got to say I'm loving everything I'm seeing from Jimmy Butler so far. He's come in and set the tone, but not, but but he's not trying to, to uh, take over like he's a, a spoiled star. Spoiled star, yep. Love the way he picked apart the OKC defense. Wasn't that a great game from him? Um, he says, constantly finding, yep, that was when he had that 25-point game at home. Uh, constantly finding guys like Wiggins and Cowens cutting to the bat, cutting through the paint, pardon me. These early games are so important in the hunt for the playoffs, and I think this big win over the Thunder could put could be a point we look back on at the season's end as a game that gave the Wolves momentum. I had my reservations, but even I have to admit, sure, guys like Wiggins and Towns might have more upside in the long run, but Jimmy Butler is a leader and a franchise guy. At the moment, yes, uh, he is kind of like the straw that stirs the drink in terms of, well, look at the way the team did play without him. It's unbelievable, and I'm sure we'll hear that from Hank here in a minute. Um, it is a momentum builder, yes, and I was even saying that on the show in the uh, last week's show, or last week and a half show, whatever, that the Wolves would get that on the fr- in the Friday game against Oklahoma, and then said we ended up getting it the Monday game also, so how fun was that? Um, it, it, they they are momentum builders, and it's showing that I think we could beat that team in the in the playoffs. Um, he was showing the box score from Jimmy Butler and the full highlights and all that. Um, an overall fun game. Like the stats weren't spectacular in that one, but overall a good fun game. Tenny Brown says Butler could have had twelve assists in that game had we made our open looks. Yep, there was another play where he told Wiggins where to go on D as well, loving that he's bringing what he's bringing to the team. And pardon me if my reading is kind of funny because, yeah, I'm not feeling good. Like when Hank kind of struggled on his show sometimes with the whole 360, 180 thing, yeah, I mean, I'm not feeling good either. So that's kind of what was going on with Hank on, on, on the last Courtside Podcast, not feeling his best either. Vince Germano of the Courtside Podcast out of Melbourne, Australia, says, I know this Wolves team hasn't been together long, but this game against the Pacers, I was really expecting a victory, especially at home. Yeah, that was a BS game. It really was. I was saying how it was very disappointing. I know Butler was out, but we still should have beaten this team. 
It was a very, very lackluster effort, especially on defense. The Pacers just ran through us over and over and over, and that's exactly what they did. I mean, and that's still, I think that's still a problem, even in the games where the defense is better. It seems like guys are getting through the paint pretty easily, and it's annoying. It really is. I mean, guys are getting right through the paint, like uh, freaking um, waiters last night, getting right through the paint. And, of course, the perimeter defense always just drives you nuts. It's just the threes nonstop going against us. So the defense is still very much a work in progress, even in the victorious games. And that indie game was odd. Like, ah, okay, they had a hot night. But was it that hot or was the defense that bad? Both. <laughs> so, yep. Hank McCoy says, well, one step forward, two steps back. I can almost excuse the lost Indiana. They were hitting everything they put up. Can't see that happening again. That's what he says. But the loss to the Pistons is inexcusable. Way to put a damper on the week's game. On the week's games, pardon me. Best believe Thibs is going to have these guys doing defensive drills until they drop during next practice. Yikes. Yeah, that that Detroit game was an abomination. It really was. God, it was. Yep, I didn't see it coming, I was saying. But then again, maybe I should have. It's just one of those things. The more things change, the more they stay the same. And Tanae says, missed Butler a lot. It's too quiet on the floor without him. I thought Taj would have taken a leadership role defensively, but he wasn't saying much. Cat needs to get back in transition to way too many opportunities. Five, four opportunities for the Pacers and Pistons. Yep, um... Five or four opportunities? What does he mean there? I don't know. Maybe that was one of those uh, voice text things where it comes out different. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, it was loud. They were, oh, okay, I see what he means, where guys weren't getting rebounds either. Like, getting the rebounds and getting, uh, you know, not not getting the rebounds, and guys were getting four or five extra shots, stuff like that. And it was ridiculous. Um, and, of course, yeah, see, that's where the town's getting all those rebounds against the, uh, the Thunder the next game was such a positive such a positive in comparison to the garbage we'd been seeing against Indiana and Detroit. Very strange. Wayne Hunt says 100%. Yep, he agrees 100% there. And there it is. Danae Brown posts on Thursday the 26th. It was actually Wednesday the 25th, but still similar situation. Um, two years yesterday. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's why it says yesterday. RIP flip. Yep. And I was going to post about it too. I was going to post about it, too, and I'm going to, uh, no, I didn't, but thank you, Tanae, for doing that, and like we will do every year for the rest of time on this show, we will give Flip Saunders a moment of silence. God bless Flip Saunders, his family, and man, thank you again so much for many years of just that, that smile, the, 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 just, mm. A well, just a well-run organization, bringing in these good players. And, of course, the many years of coaching in the past, too. Um, <laughs> he wasn't my favorite coach, necessarily, but he was he was my favorite Wolves coach, you could say. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, obviously, his return as president, he was just amazing. But, overall, he was the best guy, like, ever. Regardless if he was a good coach or not, good GM, president of basketball or not, he was the, <laughs> the greatest guy ever. And... <laughs> you know, it just, that one just hit us all like a ton of bricks two years ago, and I still feel it today. It's insane. I, you know, you, you still, you don't get over something like that. It's it's crazy, really. Um, Wayne Hunt says, this team 
It's so different with Jimmy Butler on the floor. This was, again, the uh, Oklahoma game on Friday. Three minutes left. They need to close this game out. Just think how far this team has come. Did you think this time, this time last year, you would be competing against OKC, an OKC super team? Almost makes up for the last two shitty games before this. Almost. And yeah, it almost does. It's, it was nice to see. He was so, yep, also Westbrook is a whiny bitch. Doesn't get a call. Sulks about it. And won't even high-five a team out on the way to the bench. Yeah, I don't like that. And he says, hashtag young punks. Yep, I hate it. I hate the attitude with some of these guys. I hate it. Oh, I hate it. Sometimes a guy, too, he's, he's, he's feeling it. He's on fire. And he ignores his teammate who's trying to high-five him because it's all about him. And that's a certain guy in Northern Cal did that a while ago. And it's just, I don't like that. Oh, I don't like that guy. And I don't like Westbrook either. Mm. Yeah, that was kind of the beginning of the end for me with the Northern Cal guy when I saw that. I was like, you know what? You're a dick. You really are. You are an arrogant dick. Let's continue. Timberwolves, um, and you know who Northern Cal guy is by now, I hope. (laughs) He says, anyone that wanted to disagree and call me out for not praising Westbrook and all that, all I have to say is I told you so. Young Punks is right. Now, if only people could see my point of view on certain other players in the NBA. Yep. Wayne says, LOL, he certainly whined this game, that's for sure. Not sure who not sure who I know who you are talking about on the other players in the NBA, Joey. And yes, he does know. That's why he's putting the laughing. And I was also thinking there's quite a few, but oh it's funny. Uh, final final post from Wayne Hunt says twenty three points, five rebounds, eleven assists. Yep. That is Jeff Teague. Yes, yes, yes. That's why he's the alpha wolf of the show. He says, now that's a point guard line. And yep, that was last night. Now that's a point guard stat line. Hope that stops people complaining about Teague. Oh, yeah. And you got the win. Jeff doesn't need to be a superstar on this team. Just productive, consistent, and run the plays. And thank you, Hank. I love these posts. I love that you keep posting these. Keep them coming, Hank. If, if you have time and you're able to, you know, like whenever you do, it's so welcome to the show. And God bless you. I, I love it. It just keeps things going, keeps the conversation coming. And I should I should end up replying more too because it could generate a conversation as well. But and I and I will. This one was like in the middle of the night though, so it it, it happens. And of course, Bill, there's the, there's the time shift. So at, at least it got on the show, and that's what counts at this stage. Um, Jeff Teague, Alpha Wolf, very deserving. Love what he brings to this team. I was excited when the Wolves got him. I thought a very worthy addition to this club, and I still believe he is an upgrade from Ricky Rubio. I was coming out in good faith that he is an upgrade. This is not a downgrade, folks. And those of you that think it is, you know, do you really think Rubio was the defensive stud? Like, he'd take away the passing lane sometimes, but uh, his defense wasn't that good. It was okay, you know. And, you know, So, I don't know. I, I think Teague brings a little more. And, hey, you got Butler, you got Todd Gibson. That's two guys, two guys that are better at defense probably than Rubio ever was to add to the team. So, the defense needs to improve regardless who's who's the point guard, who's the shooting guard, small forward, whatever it is. Just better defense, and especially Wiggins and Towns. When you know, coming into the draft, they were brought, they were touted as defensive stars. They were absolutely. That's why the, everybody wanted Towns over Okafor because you thought there's the defense, and you know what, he can play some offense too. In fact, he really can play some offense. He can really score. He looked like David Robinson out there, and he does look like David Robinson in the NBA now too, just like with Kentucky. Uh, and it's like, you know, if you can bring that David Robinson shot blocking along with that, woo, then you really got something special for many, many years. And I do believe that Towns is heading in that direction. Hands folded and, of course, knocking on wood. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Yeah, I think you did. Apologize for my disorientation. I did want to get the show out badly. 
We've had a lack of sunlight as well, which is really hard on me. Lack of sunlight is really brutal for me. And of course, I've not been feeling good. So that's probably not helping me shaking this off. I'm good at killing colds, but there's always that linger, that stupid linger effect that stays for like a week sometimes or longer. It's ridiculous where the main part of it's gone, but then there's that stupid linger part that affects your voice and you still feel just, ugh, you don't feel good. So it's really annoying. So that's my apologies for that. I want to thank Hank McCoy, Vince Germano. You guys are the greatest. Of course, Tanae Brown is as good as it gets. I mean, I just adore Tanae and, and, and Levi Brown as well out of New Zealand. Uh, also going to encourage you to join the, uh, the premium uh, subscription for the Courtside Podcast on Podbean. Hopefully I'm saying that right this time. The pod, yeah, it's a Podbean application. 20 bucks a year for the premium shows, which there are a few during the season. Uh, overall, just 20 bucks a year, that's like less than a latte at Caribou or Starbucks or whatever. Uh, a month. Like, it's cheaper than a latte, than one latte a month. So, yeah, that's not a big deal. Um, and you get the premium shows, of course. The free subscription is on iTunes as well for the regular shows, like the, the, the mini shows and such. The major productions are the premiums, and you pay 20 bucks a year in the Courtside uh, Network, the Courtside Podcast Network. Yes, sir. Thank you guys again very much for that. Going to give some final uh, contact details here. Please do call into the show if you could, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling into the, pur- the Purple Mafia. Yeah, right. The Timberwolves Explosion Show. And do your statement, shout out, comment, question, and opine. Enjoy. Uh, thank you again in advance. There's the call now button on the Facebook page, which you just click on that. It goes to the same number through Facebook Messenger, so it's free to anywhere in the world. And even if you're on the International Space Station, as long as you have Wi-Fi, you're good to go. Even if you're on the International Space Station or even Mars, Wi-Fi, as long as there's Wi-Fi, it works. So you could call into the Terminal's Explosion show that way through Wi-Fi. It's that simple because then it just goes on the Internet. It doesn't matter where you're from as long as it works. Even those of you out there, way out there by Capella or or Antares or something. Okay, I'm just kidding. That would be pretty weird. I don't think... Yeah. Yeah, Capella and Antares. I'm, I'm really weird today, aren't I? Nothing new there, though. Uh, the final way to get on is the audio submission route. That is using the free voice recorders on your smart device of any kind. Heck, even on your Xbox One or something, you might have, a, or Xbox 360, there might be a recording device. But uh, you get the idea. Even that's a smart device. Um, iPad, iPod, blah, blah, blah. iPhone, Samsung, this. LG, that. HTC, this. And Windows Phone, that. All that above. Even Blackberries. Free voice recorders. Use that. Record it, save it, and then email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. Treat it like a phone call, and the uh, email address that I just mentioned will be in the show description, so you can copy and paste, and it's less work for you and more uh, content for me on this show. Hell yeah. (laughs) Hope to hear from you soon. Go Timberwolves. Keep up the good work. Let's beat those Pelicans for once, damn it.